Well, we want to welcome you and we uh, greet all of you in the precious name of Jesus and all of you watching online and you at the venue. Our senior pastor is uh, getting ready to start a series called God Is. And I really appreciate uh, Rick's wisdom. It seems like every series that he starts and, and goes through is so timely for the hour, the day, and the culture we're living in. And I think this is the same one. God is. Today we have the honor of kind of maybe being a little part of that, and we're going to have a message today, and we're going to talk about how great our God is. God is great. And we read in Psalm 77, verse 13, and I read, your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. With your mighty arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. Now I want you to use your imagination for a moment this morning. I want you to imagine that you have been chosen because you represent Christianity. You are the Christian chosen out of all the Christians in this great nation. And here's what's gonna to happen to you. You're gonna get a call this evening from the White House, and they're gonna call and they're gonna pick you up uh, in Stockton, California on Air Force One, and they're gonna fly you back to the White House. You're gonna represent Christianity to all the world. And as you get there at the White House, there's gonna be nine separate rooms, all of them representing the nine major religions of the world, and you're in one of the rooms. Now here's the cool part. You represent Christianity. So you get to take with you a Bible into that room. And the Muslims will take their Quran and, and the Christians will take whatever they have and, and the Hindus and the Buddhists, they all have their own writings and they get to go in the room. Now here's your assignment. You get 100 sheets of blank paper and a pen, and you get to write and tell everyone who your God is to you. What would you write on those papers? Now we know as believers that we uh, believe in a triune Godhead, God the Father, God the Spirit, and God the Son, Jesus Christ. But as you specifically think about our great God, our Father in heaven, what would you write on the hundred Sheets of paper. Where would you start? Would you be able to write a couple sentences? You're a believer. And the more I thought about that in my own life, I sat there in my chair and I'm thinking, what am I gonna write about God? And I can't think of a better way for me and my simple mind is to write how great he is. And so I went back to a childhood prayer that all of us children learned around the table and dad and mom would get us there. And one of the first prayers we learned as a child, we would clasp our hands and we would pray this. Now, Paula, you can pray along if you want. <laughs> God is great, God is good. And we thank him for our food. By his hands, we must be fed. Give us, Lord, our daily bread. Amen. 
And so I would like to begin this morning as we think about that first part of that little child prayer. God is great. Bible says in Job 36, 30, 26, behold, our God, he is great. We read about the greatness of God in Psalm 77. In Psalm 96, it says, the Lord is a great God and he is greatly to be praised. Have you ever just meditated about the greatness of your heavenly parent, your heavenly father? He is our God. He is the creator of everything that has ever been created. It says that in Colossians 1 and 16. By him or in him were all things created that are what? That are in heaven, that are in the earth, that are visible, that is invisible. Everything that we see with the naked eye, everything that we don't see has been created by God the creator. He is the designer behind everything that is designed. That's what the Bible says in Psalm 19. Verse one, it says, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork and it's by the works of his fingers that he has done all of this. That's how great our God is. He is the lawmaker behind all laws. Exodus 20 and one, and God spoke these words into law and he goes and gives the 10 commandments. But he's behind every law. It doesn't matter if you're talking about the law of gravity, the moral laws, God is behind the law. He is the truth behind all science. Psalm 139, 14. Your works are wonderful, Lord. I know that full well. Our little minds cannot fathom the things that are out there right now that our God has created. He is a builder behind everything that is built. That's what the Bible says in Hebrews 3 and 4. It says, but God is the builder of everything. Not some things, everything. He is the artist behind all beauty. Ecclesiastes 3.11. He has made everything beautiful in his time. He is the physician behind all that is mended. Isaiah 40.31. Those that hope in the Lord, he will renew their strength. I think about the weeping prophet. Jeremiah says one place, He says, is there a physician in the land? Absolutely. Christ, God the Father, he's the balm of Gilead. He is the one that heals. Our God is also the life giver behind all that is living. John 10 and 10, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. And yet with just those statements about our God, there are still people today that say there is no God. And the minute someone thinks that or says that, they just got a new name. That's what the Bible says in Psalm 14, verse one. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. We're not calling them the fool. God is. He says, anybody that says, I'm not here or I'm not a God and I'm not the God of this universe, I'm not the creator, that man or that woman is a fool. You can't have a here 
without a there. You can't have a below without an above. You can't have an upper without a lower. You can't have a created without a creator. You can't have something designed without a designer. You can't have a movement without a mover. And God is behind all of that. Have you ever wondered, just as you meditate about the greatness of God, how insane it is for somebody to say that he's not there? To think that it all happened with a loud bang or a squeak in the night or whatever they say is absolutely ludicrous. How insane is it? I want you to imagine an atheist and his wife, they sit down at a supper table together and they're eating their supper and they look out the picture window. And all of a sudden, in the driveway is a $750,000 Rolls Royce. They're stunned by that. They run outside and there's a ribbon around the Rolls Royce. And there's a note on the Rolls Royce and it says, this is a free gift to you. Now, an atheist has a real problem when they're thankful. They don't know who to thank. (laughs) It's a real problem to have. And so they're standing by the Rolls Royce. It's a gift to them. And I can well imagine maybe they look at each other and one of them makes a, a statement like this. Wow, just sitting in the house, we must have missed the loud bang when all of this just came together. Isn't that insane? Just as much as a Rolls Royce need to be designed and created, likewise, the universe. Or I'm reminded of the guy, the atheist, that stood in front of his uh, class and he said these words. I do not believe in anything per se, and I will always be until I am not, and then I will be forever nothing, and I am very proud of it. Can you imagine that? Standing, you're the genius, you're the PhD, and you stand in front of your class and you say that? I don't believe in anything per se. I always will be until I am not, and then I will forever be nothing, and I am very proud of it. Well, the man has a name, and the Bible gave it to him. And I think about that, you know, we might call it insanity, But we need to be in prayer for the atheists. We need to be in prayer for the agnostics, for those that say there is no God, because we know what happens in the future. The Bible's very clear in Philippians that every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is the Christ to the glory of God. We need to be in prayer for those kind of people. So what do we say about our great God in heaven? And we begin with that little prayer, our God is great. He's great in his attributes. You could spend weeks, months, and years just talking about the great attributes of God. Let me mention a few. Bible says in Psalm 90, from everlasting to everlasting, God, you are God. That means forever. My father is 92 years old. When my father was a young man and I was a little boy, uh, he was like a god to me. There is no one 
No one that could throw a ball farther than my daddy. There's no one that could drive a tractor and plant a straighter row than my daddy. There is no one that had a faster car than my daddy. And now here he is, 92 years old, and I can't say that anymore. Do I love him? Absolutely. But our heavenly father, our eternal parent, God the Father, he never changes. I think about how smart our God is. He is intelligent. The Bible says in Isaiah 55, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. In other words, his thoughts and his ways are way beyond what we can imagine. The Bible says in Deuteronomy, the secret things belong to God, but the things that are revealed, they belong to us. We have the word of God that is revealed to us, but the secret things we will never understand. I had a dear brother right before service. We were talking about God and, and we can't understand about all the natural disasters. There are some things that we'll never know why. My God is not only smart, he is very holy. Can you imagine each one of us? We are a far cry from being holy. The only holiness that you and I have is through Jesus Christ. But our heavenly parent, our heavenly father, it says in Isaiah 57, 15, or 55, 17, uh, no, 57, 17, there we got it right. He says, um, for thus saith the high and lofty one who inhabiteth all of eternity, my name is holy and I dwell in a high and a holy place. That's where our God dwells. He is holy and he dwells in a high and holy place. But then he goes on to say, but I also dwell in the heart of the contrite and lowly ones. That's the beauty of our Father. He is holy and he comes into us that we may be holy. I'm in Christ for justification. Christ is in me for sanctification. I'm in Christ declared righteous. He's in me to make me righteous. And any holiness that comes out of our life is because of God. He's holy, he's not only holy, he's wise. Romans eleven thirty three. 33, oh the depths of his riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. And it goes on to say, and his ways are past finding out. That's the beauty of our God. What about he is love? You, <laughs> there are so many scriptures, 700 just about his greatness. What about his love? God is love, 1 John 4, 16. And it goes on to say that, and he that dwells in him dwells in love and dwells in God. Our God is good. Bible says that in Psalm 34. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. He is wealthy. How wealthy? The Bible says in Psalm 50, verse 10, for every beast of the forest is mine and the cattle on a thousand hills. Not only that, he owns the hills. And I think it goes on in another psalm, or maybe a few verses later, it says, the world is mine and all of its fullness. He is wealthy, he is merciful. Psalm 108, your mercy is great 
above the heavens. I was reading in Psalm 136 the other day and I counted 48 times in that Psalm. It talks about his mercies endures forever. His mercies endures forever. Time you're done with that Psalm, you'll get it. His mercies endures forever. He is a merciful God. He is the author of life. Bible says in Psalm 36, for within you, Father, is the fountain of all life. He's all-knowing, he's all-powerful, he's everywhere present. We could spend many, many hours being appreciative of his attributes. Then I had to think that God is great in his mighty acts. The Bible says in Psalm 145, generations shall declare his mighty acts. How are we gonna do it? Let's look at it this way this morning. Let's look up. Let's look down and let's look around. So let's look up. Psalm 8. <clears throat> when I consider the heavens and the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars, what is man that you are mindful of him? Can you imagine as you look up and you look at the heavens and you look at the suns and the stars and the galaxies and the comets and everything out there, it is hard for us to comprehend his greatness in his mighty acts. The size and the scope, you can't wrap your mind around it. There are stars out there that are so big, there are two billion miles across. Two billion miles across. Our earth is only 7,900 miles in diameter. That's not very big. Our sun is what, 868,000 miles in diameter. That's not very big. Two billion. Try to put that in perspective. You've got our solar system. You've got the sun, Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. If you would start with the sun, Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, you've got two billion miles. That's just the bigness of that one star. There are stars out there so hot that if you get within 100,000 miles, you're toast. The center of our sun, the core, is 27 trillion degrees Fahrenheit. God did all that in his mighty acts. I thought about the speed of light. What is it, 186,000 miles per second? So that means when the light goes to the moon, it takes two seconds. It goes to the sun, that's eight minutes. It goes to Pluto, that's 22 years. It goes to the nearest galaxy, 137,000 light years. And there are billions of galaxies out there. And you know the beauty is, God in his mighty acts, he says to Job, I've named every star. He named them all. In fact, he gives us six in the word. Uh, Arcturus, Pleiades, Orion, Maseroth, forgot the other two. But I just want to think about the one in Job. The one in Job 38 is Arcturus. Arcturus is a huge star. And this is what the Bible says in Job. Job, can you guide Arcturus and all of his sons? Arcturus is 26 times as large as our sun. Wow. In other words, it's about 11 million miles in radius. 
What if Arcturus was our planet? What if we lived on Arcturus? In a direct proportion, I would be six miles in height. I would have two miles legs. I would have an eyeball that is 250 feet in diameter. That's a big one. I would have fingers 285 feet long, the length of a football field. I could just about reach Mr. T's. <laughs> no. And the worst thing about that, I would weigh 445 tons. <laughs> I am so glad that he put us here. But in his mighty acts, God placed us on earth. It's the only place we can survive. Yeah, we feebly jump on the moon and we are wearing suits and then they're gonna try Mars. But man's not gonna be able to live there I am so glad in his mighty acts that he placed us on this planet. But here's the key. Every star is named. God cares about everything that he's created. So we complain about our weather here. He has weather going on on every star. Listen to the weather report of the planets in our galaxy, I mean solar system. Mercury, a scorcher today with 915 degrees Fahrenheit. Wow. Venus, predicting thunderstorms of hot sulfuric acid, 900 degrees. The pressure is 100 times that of Earth. Don't go outside. You will be roasted, crushed, corroded, and embalmed in less than a nanosecond. So stay inside. Mars, heavy dust storms with 315 degree winds. Jupiter, smog alert. Stay inside. The air smells like rotten eggs. In fact, if you breathe it, you'll die. Saturn, high winds up to 1,250 miles an hour, 250 degrees below zero, and Uranus and Neptune and Pluto are not really much difference. But here's the lesson we can get one of them from the mighty acts of God as we look up. If he has all of that in perfect order, perfection, the movement of all of that, the scope and the magnitude, surely he cares about my toothache, my fender bender, and my rose that died outside. He's that big of a God. And the mighty acts of God just is, it's unbelievable to think about the beauty of our Father, what he has created. So let's, let's look down. <clears throat> As we look down, what's the smallest thing that you can think of? This right here is a peanut. I love peanuts. It will be gone and pretty soon. <laughs> this peanut represents one of the smallest things if we uh, take it like this. Our planet Earth is pretty big. Can you imagine, and I looked it up, uh, the weight is... Uh, 5.7 something to 10 to the 37th power, which comes to trillions of metric tons, whatever that means. Anyway, you've got this big earth, and if you go to the singularity of a black hole, it'd be the size of a peanut. Can you imagine compressing this planet to this size? Everything's in there. It's being done out there in the black holes. But how small is small? 
Well, one drop of water out of this bottle right here, one drop of water out of this Bible, there's a hundred billion atoms. And inside of every one of those atoms, there are protons, there are electrons, there are photons, there are quarks, there are muons, there are leptons, there are whatever I can't pronounce. Can you imagine the smallness of everything in one little drop of water? So it doesn't matter if you're going from the smallest photon or quark to the largest galaxy in the interstellar of space, God is there and he created it. I think about just our bodies, these incredible bodies. The Bible says in Psalms that we are fearfully and we are wonderfully made. There are 75 million, no, there are 75 trillion cells in my body. Uh, 85 trillion. (laughs) Can you imagine that we walk around and every one of these cells, they require what? They require oxygen. They require food daily. And who's doing it? God is doing that. He is mighty in his acts. In the, as you look up, as you look down, well, let's look around. As you look around and with everything that we can see with our eyes, it's pretty incredible, isn't it? It doesn't matter if you're looking at the mountains or the trees or the forests or the oceans. But in every exact operation of what you see around in the elements of nature, there is God. Now, back in my day at Davis High, back near the Civil War days, there we had what we call 92 elements. Now the smart people have come up with 118 elements, and I think they say there's 35 substitute elements too. Whatever, there's a lot of elements, and everything, man is still scratching his mind just concerning the matter of what we see around us. I picked out a few. Airways, and by the way, it says that in Job, that the weight of the air, air has always weighed something until man comes along and finally figured it out. Airways about 0.085 pounds per cubic feet. Well, I think about water, which weighs 800 times more than air, then how does all this water, which weighs 800 times more than air, is lifted up, goes, travels hundreds of miles around this planet, and there's 16 trillion tons of water that lands on this planet every minute. Who does that? God does that. I think about the smallest, the smallest cosmic ray a particle called the neutrino, which is also a leptin to you scientists. But you can take that little neutrino, and it's so small you can't see it, but it has enough energy to drive through solid steel a quadrillion miles thick. Who does that? God does that. You ever heard of a hummingbird? Yeah, hummingbird. Hummingbird flaps its little wings 200 times every second. But the intuition of a hummingbird is is unfathomable. Did you know that a hummingbird, there's something built in a hummingbird, they seek out a Canadian goose. Once they find a Canadian goose, they can get themselves tucked under a certain portion of its wing and they will fly 500 miles free. (laughs) Who does that? God does that. 
I take the bobolink. If you look in the encyclopedia, it's not a very good looking bird. And if you have one for a pet, I'm sorry. But a bobolink, a bobolink can leave the New England states in July. It flies over South Carolina in August. It's down in Cuba by September. It's in the Andes in October. And it finally lands in Brazil in December. And it goes to the exact spot every time. Who does that? God does that. I think about the bee. 20,000 species of bees. Six species of the honeybee. The honeybee is some, something that we can't even explain. The wiggle and the waggle of the honeybee. They come out of their hive. They watch the wiggle and the waggle of another bee. They know how far to go to get that nectar and that pollen. They know how far, how much energy to take to get there and back. They got a fanner, fan in the hive to keep it cool. They got an army of bees out there. They're the only certain ones come into this hive. They've got nurse bees in there taking care of the queen. They got drones. Who's doing all of that? God's doing that. We used to farm almond trees. You're not going to believe this one, but it's true. You take two almond trees on the way home today. You just find two almond trees in an orchard and you look at them and I want you to consider this. Two almond trees, not a hundred acres, two. Some of you are getting ready to Google it already, hallelujah. <laughs> two almond trees give off 16,000 pounds of water every growing season through its leaves. It's called osmosis and vacuum pressure. Who does that? God, how are we breathing right now when you think about the oxygen and everything that's going on? Bible says in Psalm 104, he causes the grass to grow for the cattle and the herb to grow for the service of man. How do you actually explain the greatness of God? We try to put it in words we can't. Sometimes we feebly try to do like I used to do for my dad and my mother. I would use metaphors. I would say my dad is like a John Deere tractor, he never quits running. My mom is sweet as a Mr. T's maple bar. <laughs> no, you, you get something that you can think that God is like. And people do the same thing in a feeble attempt to try to explain the greatness of God. God is like a Ford. He's got a better idea. That doesn't explain God. Or God is like a Coke. He's the real thing. Yes, he is, but he's better than a Coke. And it doesn't matter where you go. God is like scotch tape. You can't see him yet. I know he's there. God is like Tide. He gets the stains out of that others leave behind. See, you can go on with metaphors, but it never gets to the heart and the beauty of how great God is. In fact, Ephesians 3 and 18 puts that to rest. Oh, that we might be able to comprehend what is the breadth, what is the length, what is the height and the depth to know the love of Christ which passes all knowledge. He is all of that and more. And now we come to the trumpet call. To me, it's the wonder of it all. Bible says in Psalm 8 and 3, when I consider the works of the fing your fingers and when I consider the works of your hands, but here's the trumpet call that supersedes that. 
It's the greatness of his mighty acts. What happens then when our Father in heaven flexes his arms? If he did all of this with the works of his fingers and his hands, what happens when he flexes, when he flexes his arms? The Bible says in Job, does anyone have an arm like our God? No. The Bible says in Isaiah 59, the arm of the Lord is not too short to save. And here's the beautiful one. Psalm 77, 15, with his arm, he redeemed his people. When you think about the greatness of his mighty acts, the greatest thing that our Father in heaven has ever given to us or has ever done for us is when he sent his son Christ here to die for us. That's the greatest gift of his mighty acts. And the beauty of that, if we believe that, and I know a lot of you do, if you believe the greatness of God, that he did send his son for your life, you can finish the prayer of the little child. God is great, God is good, and we thank him. You see, when you respond to that love, when you just respond to what he did on Calvary, you express that in thankfulness by faith. The Bible says you have eternity forever settled in your heart. He's just asking that you place your faith where he places your sins. It's on a cross on his son. And how do we thank him today? We keep coming. The old, old story has come to the foot of the cross by faith and receive him. Greatest story ever told was by God the Father. It says, for God so loved all of us. Greatest sentence ever written, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will never perish but have eternal life. Greatest question ever asked was asked by a man by the name of Pilate and he says, what shall I do with Jesus who is called the Christ? Greatest decision ever made was made by a guy down in a pigsty when he says, I will arise and go to daddy's house. There's some of you here right now and there's some of you online. You need to come to Calvary. You need to accept him by faith. You need to respond in obedience and be baptized in the name of Christ. We want to be obedient to our earthly fathers. Why not be obedient to our heavenly father? And then he gives us, when he saves us, he gives us a great assignment, a privileged one. He says in Romans 12 and 1, I beseech you, Brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. The rest of my life, I crawl upon the altar. I'm a living sacrifice. And God works through us that we might glorify him. I would like the uh, offering team. We're going to come to our moment of joy. And I just want you to consider this. As you set up the offering Do you want to be like God, your father? You understand and you appreciate his mighty attributes and his mighty acts. You want to be like God, your father? Then you got to become a giver. 
There's not a greater giver in this universe than God the Father. He gave his son, we just heard. He gave his son. And what is a great way for us to respond, not only give him our life, but given the things he's blessed us with. And that's our moment of joy when we can respond with that. And we lift him up daily. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And Father, we, we realize how great you are in our little minds, but we don't appreciate it fully. Because Father, we're looking through a glass darkly and we're looking forward to the time that we can be in your presence face to face. Father, this morning, open our hearts, open our pocketbooks, open anything that we can that we can give back to you in appreciation for all the blessings you have blessed us with. And Father, I appreciate the half-brother of Jesus. His name is Jude, and I agree with him as we finished this morning, where he says, to the only God our Savior be glory, majesty, power and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages now and forever. Amen.